Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Merry Christmas. Trust you guys had a great Christmas. Um, we certainly did. We had all our kids with us from all over the world. Um, was so phenomenal, really appreciated all our family together. It's been such a like a special time, but we're getting a little bit sad now because um, some of the kids are leaving on Tuesday and our grandkid as well to go back to the States, you know. So, yeah, we'll make the most of the next few days and try not to be too sad, but we thank God. It's family. Um, it's amazing uh, to have family together and we never really fully appreciated you know the times many many times when they were kids and we were all together we didn't realize you know what it would be like when they were all over the world you know but now boy we we really appreciate our time together amen so this morning um i believe i have really something um that's life-giving it's certainly been life-giving for me um and yeah, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to share. I always, when it comes to sort of towards the end of the year, I always get before Jesus and I'm futuristic. So um, I'm, I'm quite sort of happy to move to the next year. You know, I'm quite happy to leave behind, you know. I don't have a problem leaving and cleaving. And so, like a few months ago already, I was like, God, what, is, what are you doing for 2020? You know, I'm really excited. What can I look forward to? Give me something, um, you know, to look forward to for next year. Something that I can start preparing for now. Just like start getting ready. Um, hey, you know, I, I'm really amped for 2020. And um, give me an overriding theme. Give me... Uh, a headline, and I got the word intimacy from God, and I said, okay, thank you, Lord, but can you just like expand on that a little bit, just give me a bit more, what do you, what kind of, what do you, what do you mean, um, and then he said a few things to me, which I'll share now, um, he said, like, if you're married to someone, but there's no intimacy, then it's just a marriage of convenience, it may be cozy for a while, but if there's no intimacy, there won't be any fruit. And it's just a marriage of convenience. It's like you're married so that you can each get something from each other. But actually, you don't really love each other to bits. And you're not passionate about being together. And then he said to me, I know absolutely everything about you. Right down to the most intricate, finest detail. I love you exactly the way that I created you because you were created according to the blueprint and the vision that I had of you long before you were ever born. I had a dream and a vision of you. And you're my dream come true as you stand there. I've always loved you right from the start. And I will always love you no matter what. And 
today I'm just feeling and I know clearly that God is saying the same to every one of you. That you might not feel like it, but <laughs> you are His dream come true. That you are created long before you were ever born. You were created according to the vision, the blueprint, and the dream that God had of you. Um, and it's unique. It's a blueprint. There's, it, there's no mold. You were created, you were handmade by God. And you are His dream come to this morning. I hope you feel good about that. It's a truth. It's a truth. Amen. Then He said, the finished work of the cross is not just about salvation, but it was also to restore broken relationship between God and man after the fall. To reopen the way to the Father that will now always remain open through the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It was not just for salvation, but restoration of relationship so that we could have intimacy that we could be together um, without anything hindering us. And I paid a price, a large, a big price for that, my precious blood. Then he said to me, you, a man, are the pinnacle of my creation. The only being ever created in the same class as me, created to be able to have an intimate, loving, ongoing, personal relationship and true friendship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's think about that. The only being ever created on, in the same class as God, able to have, commune, uh, sweet fellowship, and personal intimacy, and a personal friendship with the God of creation. I mean, that's... Wow, it's just, it's just mind-blowing for me. He said, intimacy is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. <laughs> One rare traffic can never build an intimate, loving relationship. And just as we, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, know you intimately and personally, we, the Godhead, want, to know, want you to know each one of us personally, and intimately, but more than that, we want an ongoing, minute by minute, 24-7 relationship with you. A few hours a week here and there is really not going to get the results uh, and the level of fruitfulness or victorious transcending lifestyle that we always had in mind for you. It's for you, this relationship. It's so that you can be fruitful. It's that you can reign and rule. It's so that you can have a transcending life. This is important. It's not about me. Yes, we love being with you. We love it when you visit us uh, your few hours a week. But it's not good for you because it's not going to cut it for your life. And I want far, far more for you. Yes, and for me. I want you to spend more time with me. But actually, it's you that I love, and it's you that I want to see uh, receiving everything that I paid such a high price to give you. I want to see you living a fruitful, transcending life. 
And then he said to me, I want to take you individually and the church into a deeper, a much deeper level of intimacy this coming year. I want 2020 to be a year of amazing personal encounters with my love. Intimacy with the love of God is what brings fruitfulness. True lovers and true worshippers of God are those that will make a difference in the world. Because only the overflowing love of God is able to change the world. Only the overflowing love of God is able to change the world. And we need to receive that love when we are in His presence to the point that it is overflowing and just spilling over into the world around us. He said it's not so much about doing or not doing, but it's much more about being. Be in my presence 24-7. Be in a loving relationship with me, ongoing loving relationship. Be able to receive my perfect love. Be able to receive. So a few of us are able to receive. We're good at giving stuff to God, at doing stuff for God. But we're not good at receiving from God. We need to learn to receive His perfect love. Be at peace and trust me to provide all your needs. Just be. Don't worry about do. Just be. Be. And so, then, then I, the scripture came to mind, John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. To know God. And intimacy begins with a deep hunger and a thirst to know God more. That's what Jesus said to me. Intimacy begins with a deep hunger and a deep thirst to know, desperate, desperate, God, I'm desperate to know you more. And so I said, Lord, <laughs> I want to know you more. I, I, want, I want a deeper relationship with you. I want to hunger and thirst for your presence. I want to be desperate for your presence. I want more fruitfulness in my life. Help me to give me some handles. I want this. I'm desperate for it. I need it. And so God took me. He said, okay, let's go to Psalm 23. So that's where we're going now. <laughs> to Psalm 23. Uh, Steve, could you put that up, please? Okay, we can't put the whole thing in, but we'll scroll down just now. Okay, so let's just first read through Psalm 23, and then I'm just going to kind of break it down for us and show you what, what God showed me in the psalm. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes, maybe, can we say it together? Can we do that? Okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ah, yeah. So, I mean, God took me to the psalm and I, I must say I, be, I became preoccupied with Psalm 23. I read it over and over and over and over. I was just like so in it. And, and this is some of the stuff that, that God showed me. So I'm going to just break it down a little bit. Okay, so firstly, we know that this psalm was written by King David. Um, and, and King David was the forefather of Jesus. Um, this, was, this psalm was written about a thousand years before Jesus was even born. Um, and to think that David had this level of revelation, and we'll see even further on how much this psalm is packed with revelation. We, we just marvel, we marvel at the level of revelation that he had um, of the grace of God and the finished work of the cross. A thousand be years before Jesus had even shed his blood on the cross, David walked in the full dispensation of the new and everlasting covenant, the grace covenant with God, um, through his passion, his love, and intimacy with God. That's how he was able to receive the benefit of the new covenant in the Old Testament. A thousand years before Jesus was born, he had it. Better than most people here today have got the grace message. David had it. He had it all. And um, it, it's marvelous. It just amazes me that um, through that relationship, uh, because he pursued the presence of God relentlessly, because of such a hunger and a thirst after God. We'll read about that more. So, Let's unpack this beautiful psalm. So the first, the first verse is, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, so, the Lord is my shepherd. That means um, that it's present tense reality for David. It's not the Lord will be my shepherd, the Lord was my shepherd, but right now, the Lord is my shepherd. Right now, the Lord is leading me and guiding me. And in fact, every second, the Lord is my shepherd. Every moment. You know, as long as we try and do it all on our own, we'll never experience the fruitfulness that we could if we did it with God. The next thing we see next to the word is, is ma. The word, the, the Lord is ma shepherd. Indicates that David has an intimate personal relationship with God as his shepherd and guardian. He's personally experienced God's saving power in his life so many times that he's able to put all his trust and all his faith uh, in knowing that God will always bring him through. Every situation. 
We remember David, he was delivered from the lion and the bear when he was a shepherd. Um, God taught him how to sling that slingshot with a stone, and he was able to kill the lion and the bear. We know that God delivered him, delivered Goliath into his hands. Uh, we know that God saved him from Saul, when Saul was chasing him for so many years and trying to kill him. God brought him to so many, many accounts of God's favor and goodness um, over his life that it became a personal experience for him. It wasn't a question. Um, the Lord is leading me now, and he is my shepherd, my personal shepherd and guardian, a personal uh, intimacy with the shepherd. And then the third part is, um, I shall not want. It means I will always have everything that I need. And that's God's ability to su supply. And it's not based on world economy, but rather based on kingdom provision. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. As God himself is our source and our provider, we have a limitless supply. Because God is our source. And God never runs out. He is more than able to keep us and to care for us and to provide all our needs. I will lack nothing. I lack nothing now and I will not lack anything in the future. Because I'm following the shepherd and he always leads me to green pastures. He always leads me to the good places. But I actually submit myself and I follow the shepherd. And I will not go places on my own and do stuff on my own. I love the shepherd. And I know that my outcomes are going to be brilliant following the shepherd. I can't lead myself anywhere near as good as the shepherd can lead me. Amen. Everything that this passage promises us is the result of one thing, that the Lord is my shepherd. It's not a reward for good behavior or for paying huge sacrifices, but it's part of a free gift, the free gift of grace, and the result of an intimate, loving relationship with God, where we allow Him to lead us and guide us and to be our shepherd. We were created to live life in relationship with God. We seek His guidance and wisdom and we make all our decisions with Him. Are you facing lack in any area? I'm leaving that question with you for later. Is the Lord your shepherd? Or do you have the intimacy? Do you go to Him? The next portion is, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures speaks of places of safety, of security, of rest, and of abundant provision. We are at rest and have perfect peace on the inside, even when we are hectically busy, physically and mentally doing stuff. On the inside, on the inside, 
we have peace and rest. Because we've left our outcomes to the shepherd. We're not trying to do things on our own. We're trusting Him. And we are allowing Him to lead us and make those, um, those really important decisions for us. We've ceased from striving. We're not trusting in ourselves for our outcomes. We've learned to trust Him as our provider. Do you need a place of safety and rest and provision? Psalm 27 says that we don't need to eat the bread of anxious toil because He blesses His beloved even while they sleep. He blesses His beloved even while they sleep. God does not want us to eat the bread of anxious toil. He wants us to trust Him and allow Him to lead us. You guys okay? Grab some water here quickly. The next one is he leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Uh, the ERV translation says, He leads me on right paths to show that He is good. He leads me on the right paths to show that He is good. God wants to show us that He loves us. That He wants to show us His goodness towards us. He always wants to lead us to make the right decisions and to choose paths that will lead to success and prosperity, not to defeat failure and suffering. He's always willing and able, and He really wants to show us that He is a good, loving, kind Dad. And He can lead us far better. His guidance will always be good, and will always result in the best outcomes for our lives. When we seek Him with all our hearts and spend time in His presence, we become sensitive to hear what He is saying and more able to discern the right path to the peace of Christ which rules in our hearts. And that peace will lead us in the way that we should go. Amen. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, in all, not in some, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, ESV. Another scripture says, Turn to the Lord for help in everything that you do, and you will be successful. That's Proverbs 16, 3 to 4, ERV. Some other translations say, Put God in charge of all that you do, and all your plans will succeed. 90% of the battle is to remember to bring God into the equation, to go to God and to bring God into the equation. When we've done that, that's already 90% of the battle won. God's in the equation. Now, we know we're going to 
move on the next step to victory. Amen. If we can just remember that. To bring God into every equation. To lean not on our own understanding. To, to seek Him and turn to Him for everything. It doesn't matter. Even the smallest thing. I'm not going to be silly and say, Oh Lord, what shoe shall I wear this morning? What color do you like? And you know, what color shirt should I wear? And I think, you know, maybe for the ladies that might be something good. But for guys, I'm not going to recommend that. That's a bit... But I'm talking about, we're talking about decisions that are important in life. Decisions that will affect our outcomes, okay? We need to go to God with every single one of those important decisions. Okay, do you need guidance? Do you have some important decisions that you need to make? And, that you, and you need guidance right now? Are you standing at a crossroads? We'll talk about that later. Okay, the next verse says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay, so the TLB, the Living Bible Translation says, Even when walking through the valley, oh, even, walk, even though walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding and guiding me all the way. I love that. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guarding and guiding me all the way. The TLB. So, I think the important thing is that we need to always realize and we all experience seasons of hardship, um, of walking through the valley of the shadow of, of death. But we are walking through. We are not, we're not camping there. We are just walking through. And God is right beside us. He's here, right here, right now. God is here. He's walking. I'm not camping. You're not camping. We're walking through the valley. And we know that God is with us. And we know that He's going to bring us through. That's why we won't fear. Why should we fear? We know that God is with us. And He's going to bring us through. Amen. And He's with us all the way. Our destiny is not defined by our momentary difficulties or adverse circumstances. But rather by a loving, all-powerful Father who has spoken His eternal destiny over us through the cross of Christ. Our circumstances can never hold us down. They can never hold us back unless we allow them to. We're in, we are irrepressible in God. And we will always tend upwards. That's what the Scripture says. Because through the cross of Christ, God is already proclaim victory over us as his sons and daughters. God has already proclaimed victory. 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 Over every one of us. It's proclaimed. We need to just trust him and walk through it. Allow him to bring us through. 
We don't deny the facts or the difficult circumstances. We don't deny them. We're not in denial. But we know that there, there's a greater reality to the facts and the circumstances. And that is the living Word of God. It reigns and rules over all facts and circumstances. In actual fact, the whole world was created through the power of the Word of God. And when we agree with the Word, and we begin to speak it over our situation and over our circumstances, not only do they change, and does God make a way where there is no way, but whatever happened that was negative and adverse, God takes it and He turns it to our good. It says, all things work to good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. You love God and if you're called according to His purpose, all things are working in your favor. Right now, whatever's going on, it's working in your favor. And we don't agree with the facts and the circumstances. Because if we agree with them, then nothing will change. But we do agree with the word that God gives us to speak over and to shift those circumstances. To change them completely. Amen. So the more time we spend in His presence, the more we are confident that He is always with us. The less we have reason to fear anything. The more time we spend in His presence, the more we are clear and confident that He is with us. And if we know that He is with us, we've got no reason to fear anything. Why would we want to fear if the Almighty God is with us and there's nobody even near as powerful as Him? And we know that we know that He is right beside us. Amen. Are some of you walking through the valley right now? Are you fearful? Maybe you just want to know that God is right there with you right now that He's going to bring you through. Okay, the next uh, bit of scripture is, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I am my beloved's and he is mine. We belong to the Almighty God. We're in the palm of his hand. And no one is powerful enough, not even close, to take us out of his hand. There is nobody that can even come close. And that's where we are. Right now. God himself is our protector and our provider. It doesn't matter what attack the enemy throws our way. God is more than able to keep us. Jesus' victory is our victory. We're covered by the precious blood of Jesus 24-7. There's not one second that you are not covered by the blood. That I'm not covered by the blood of Jesus. 24-7, it covers me, it covers my wife, it covers my children. 
It covers everything that I put my hand to. It covers every person under my hand. It covers every possession, right down to my shirt. It's covered by the blood. My vehicle, whatever I own, not important, but it's covered. That's what's important, that the blood of Jesus covers us 24-7. It's hard for any enemy, let me tell you, to get through when the blood of Jesus is covering us 24-7. We're constantly under the waterfall of His love, protection, provision, favor, goodness, grace, and mercy. All our needs are lavishly provided. When we spend time in God's presence, our faith is strengthened and we receive what He has freely given us through the cross of Christ. Even in the most difficult situations, we can rest in Him and feast on His perfect love, on His abundant blessing, His provision, and His favor. Even in the most difficult time, we can feast on the love of God. We're going to feast on the love of God today. We can feast in His provision, in His presence, in His favor over us. Amen. Uh, the next bit of scripture is, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Are you guys, are you good so far? Is this, is this okay? I'm good. I'm enjoying it. I, I, I don't know how many times I've read this psalm. I just, I just love it so much. It's, it's so amazing. There's so much in here. Um, and to think that, um, you know, David knew all this stuff a thousand years before Jesus was born. It's like, like I said, it's really um, unbelievable, really. Okay, so you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. In the Jewish custom, only honored guests uh, were, had their heads anointed with oil, if you're an honored guest. And so when we go and we visit Jesus and we spend time with Jesus, Jesus honors us uh, in so many ways. Um, we receive a fresh anointing from Him. He's the anointed one. And we receive a fresh anointing from Him. We receive the empowering grace to live fruitful, transcending lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. The head speaks of the mind of Christ and godly wisdom and insight, the spiritual eyes to see, to perceive, discern, and the ears to hear what, is, what is say, God is saying, and the tongue to declare the word of God that God is giving us over any situation. Everything comes from the head. This gives us amazing ability to, to lead ourselves and to lead others well. To lead ourselves and other people into um, a place of fruitfulness. Making the right decisions uh, all the time. When you know, you, you've got the Holy Spirit just um, all over you. And you can hear, you can see, you, you can feel. You have the peace of God. You, know, you have the Word of God. And it's all at your disposal. 
And then you make the right decision over and over and over. And then before you know it, you, you have such fruitfulness, it's just overflowing everywhere. The more time that we spend in His presence, the more we receive of His love, His life, and His empowering grace. The more we receive, the more we begin to overflow into the world around us, bringing life into our places. We have more than we need in every area of our lives. We are blessed to be a blessing. And, and this is really a very much a punchline, one of the main areas of, of what I'm trying to get across today is that, is that <laughs> the love of God uh, is what we need. And to, to get the love of God and to get everything God has for us, we need to spend time in intimacy, you know, in His presence and build a relationship with Him. And the more time we spend, the more uh, of His love and His life, and it just starts then overflowing. And that overflowing love of God and life of God overflows into the world around us. And that love of God is the only thing that can change the world. That's why this is so important. This is why the, the intimacy, our intimacy with God and ability to receive His love and receive everything He has is important. If we can't receive, we can never overflow. We need to receive, 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 overflow, give. And as we're giving, we're receiving more and more, and it's overflowing. The enemy has come to kill, to steal, and destroy. But I have come to bring life and life to overflowing. John 10, 10. That's what Jesus said. And so as the people of God, where the enemy has come to kill, we bring the overflowing life of God. Where the enemy has come to steal, we freely give, for freely we have received. Where the enemy has come to destroy, we rebuild the ruins and restore broken lives with the overflowing love of God. Amen. The next one, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Some translations say, surely goodness and unfailing love will follow me. Um, I had a look at, at the direct Hebrew translation. It literally, the direct Hebrew translation literally says, surely goodness and mercy shall hunt me down all the days of my life. I promise you, you can go look it up. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall hunt me down all the days of my life. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and that's what God's goodness and grace and mercy are doing. They're hunting us down. They're following us wherever we go. We don't seek the blessing. We seek seek friendship and intimacy with God, and then His blessing seeks us. It follows us. It will hunt us down, and we won't be able to shake it off. We won't be able to shake it off. Because of grace, God's grace on our life, which is unearned, undeserved, and unmerited favor, God's goodness, mercy, unfailing love, and the blessing of God are attracted to us. We don't need 
to pursue the blessing of God. Because it's already pursuing us. Because we have the favor of God on our life. It's a waste of time and energy trying to get stuff. We simply seek relationship and intimacy with God. And everything else just follows us and we can't shake it off. It hunts us down. Amen. We can seek the benefits and blessing of God, which is His hand, or we can seek Him, which is His face, and which is relationship and intimacy with Him. This is what David said. He said, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, O Lord, I will seek your face. And that is the thing with David. He always sought the face of God. He never sought the hand of God. He always sought the face of God. Desperate for the presence of God. And the last verse says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. New King James Version. The Hebrew translation, direct translation says, it has a present and future tense. It's like, I am dwelling in the house of the Lord, and I will be dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. I am dwelling, right now, I am dwelling in the house of the Lord. Tomorrow, I will be still dwelling there. In actual fact, I will be dwelling there forever, both now and forevermore. Um, just sure of his identity as a son of God, seated in heavenly places in Christ at the right hand of God. No doubt for David, both now and forevermore. Such a hunger and a thirst after God. And I can see why Jesus directed me to the psalm, because it has, it has envisioned me, it has impassioned me, it has caused my hunger and a thirst to grow in me for the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. And I'm just going to close with a couple of psalms from David, just showing his passion and desire to always spend time in the presence of God. Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Psalm 42 verse 1, As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after thee. Thou alone, O Lord, are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. Psalm 84, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Better is one day in your courts, O Lord. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And may we say, all of us, better 
is one day, Lord, in your courts. Then a thousand elsewhere.